Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Street Journal. My name is Rodney Hu, your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Brendan Keeler. He is an experienced global project and product manager with a focus on interfacing and integrating healthcare systems. He pushes beyond those boundaries with a strong comprehension of healthcare clinical and financial workflows and experience leading non-interface areas of implementation. He has a deep technical understanding of developing, certifying, implementing, and supporting all relevant industry standards and methodologies, and is passionate about enabling interoperability between healthcare organizations and cultivating a fun, positive work culture. And he's been over at Redox for over two years. Um, so with that being said, I'm excited to have him on and kind of learn about his role in the healthcare industry and what he's doing over at Redox. So that being said, Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot for having me, Rodney. Really glad to be here. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Um, before we get to talking about uh, Redox and all the cool things you guys are doing, I want to learn a little bit more about yourself and how you actually got into healthcare and how you ended up at Redox. Yeah, sure. Um, when I when I was graduating college, I was scrambling for a job at the end of senior year, and uh, Epic Systems is a large EHR, the largest EHR um, company in in the nation, and they recruited heavily. Their approach is to go after new college grads and, and come and bring them into the, the school of Epic, if you will. So less of a look for tenured experience people and more take people who are young graduates and, and bring them in. So I was one of those and went up to Madison, Wisconsin and uh, went through the worst winters you know you could possibly imagine. <laughs> uh, those Midwest winters are brutal. Uh, and got to do a lot of integration and implementation across the U.S. and then uh, abroad in the Netherlands for for four and a half years. So that was my intro to health healthcare, and uh, then made my way over to Redox. Nice. So you went from the Netherlands, came back, and how did you end up at Redox? You just wanted to come back home, or? Yeah, I just uh, you know I want to be closer to family. Made it back to the U.S., started looking around, and uh, there were tons of former colleagues, people I really respected, uh, like my old colleague Nick Hat, who I worked with at at, at Epic, and uh, he had made his way over to Redox. And as I started to do some independent consulting, Redox kept popping up as this new path, this this intermediary and platform for interoperability. So I, I was really intrigued and excited, and. Uh, it just became the right fit. So uh, I've been there ever since. And uh, having lived in San Francisco and now in Portland, it's a remote first company, which has given me a lot of uh, work-life balance and flexibility. And especially during these pandemic times, it's been yeah, really great. So. Dang. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was doing some due diligence on Redox, you know, I had to do my own research and see you guys are all about EHR integration and healthcare interoperability. And so for the general public, like, what does that mean? How can we simplify that? Yeah, if you, th if you think about a, a healthcare organization and whether it's like a small doctor's office or a big health healthcare integrated delivery network, they have that main piece of software, the electronic health record, like an Epic or a Cerner. Um, it's really important, but they have hundreds, dozens or hundreds of other applications they use within the hospital. It could be a place where they store all the radiology images from the MRIs or, or CAT scans. Uh, it could be a lab, the lab system that's separate from their EHR. Um, so to connect those, to integrate them, to, to make sure they're interoperable is really important because if they don't work even for a second, um, 
those sorts of problems you know, become patient clinical problems and those patient clinical problems aren't really acceptable. So beyond other industries, interoperability integration is really important. And uh, Redox is a platform, a, a cloud platform that allows uh, those innovative new companies that are trying to solve healthcare problems to connect really quickly, the, the you know, league leading in terms of the speed and ease of connectivity to every EHR that's available. You know, there are 900 EHRs in the, in the US. So okay. that's one of the main things that we enable. So is it your guys' own technology or are you guys mainly like the cloud platform and you guys find other technologies and you connect them with the healthcare organizations? So it would be uh, a good example would be you had on your podcast Blue Stream Health a few weeks ago, um, and they came on and they're tele, you know, offering telehealth and remote services uh, as a, as a, a software vendor, and they're a customer of Redox that we help enable and help scale as they sell to health systems. Uh, they can connect easily with one API application programming interface. They're able to connect no matter what technology or standards are on the other side on the healthcare system side. And once those connections are established, they're reusable. They're, they're, we can go from, uh, you know, Bluestream to um, to application number two, customer number two, and, and go much quicker than uh, if everybody was point to point rebuilding those connections. Ah, okay, that's interesting. And so now you're at Redox, you're the product manager, and what is your role? What is kind of your day to day responsibilities in helping the company? Sure. As a product manager, I work with an engineering team. Uh, I've worked previously on something called our care quality product offering. So enabling um, the pulling of patient records nationwide was our the first thing that I, I sort of worked on as I made my way into product uh, and working with our engineering team, helping them understand the business requirements and produce the right uh, development is, is really the, the role of the product manager. Um, so having launched that, I moved over to our patient identity team where I'm helping uh, with our record location services so that uh, if Rodney, if you show up at you know an ER and they need to find where your record is nationwide, they're able to do so easily. Mm, okay. Okay. So let's kind of dive into that because you had mentioned just briefly ago about interoperability with like MRI images and radiologists. And that's kind of my background because I'm actually an MRI technologist. And so I'm curious to see how like Redox can kind of integrate into like that whole process and kind of in help improve that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, for instance, um, for that use case for an MRI, there's an order that's placed and scheduled that goes out to the, the, the picture archiving system. That picture archiving system, the PAC system might be a customer mm -hmm. of Redox. And whether that in that connection on the EHR side where the order is placed, whether that's an old format like HL7 version two is the format that was that's been around since the 80s, or a new one, uh, something that's called Fire, which is an API-enabled uh, you know way of connecting. Redox makes that you know makes that very easy and seamless to connect. You know as you scale, as you sell that picture archiving system to many hospitals or many clinics. Ah, okay, dang. So I feel like Redox can have their their foot in the game in a lot of different segments of the healthcare industry because healthcare is broad, but it's also very specific. Like once you start talking to people, you realize that everybody kind of knows everybody, you know. So how how does like Redox 
kind of position themselves compared to other people like you had mentioned there's 900 ehrs and there's a bunch of companies out there like what do you guys yeah it's, it's interesting to the position we have to work with so many cool companies that are building unique things uh, they're working on healthcare problems and it could be old ones like the picture archiving system that people are doing fresh takes on or it could be very new ones like how do you do crm you know customer relationship management uh we have a strong partnership with salesforce that uh we we are helping them get into the healthcare space and to see them and the success they bring to their hospital partners has been really cool too so we see everything from really small startups all the way up to you know the sales forces and that size of of uh partners and, and customers okay okay and so since you guys see such a wide variety of people i feel like there's a lot of data there's a lot of like experience there and you guys are kind of on the forefront of what a lot of companies are doing is there any like trends that you see that really stick out to you or that you notice in the industry yeah i mean the ones that are you know with with the pandemic everything in the past year has been pand pandemic focused so things focused around that like telehealth and remote patient monitoring are just so popular everyone wants to talk about them everyone wants to figure out how what their strategy is um, or how they could bake that into their software um, electronic lab reporting or vaccination registry integration are ones that are, are suddenly really popular and interesting to see how they can you know report data to the state or pull in vaccination status to understand if you know if brendan has received his his first dose or a second dose of that of that immunization so a lot of the things around the pandemic are are uh really exciting and a lot of it's going to i think stick around for a, a, quite some time um well some people are, are saying oh well once we're past the pandemic will vaccinations be important will telehealth be important i, I think firmly the answer is, is yes these are these are trends that will yeah we, we've gone up to a pretty high peaks but we're not going back down to where telehealth was before the pandemic we're not going back down to where public health was before the pandemic yeah like i, I was thinking that too because like right now, I feel like the healthcare industry was turned upside down with this whole pandemic. And you hear just people constantly talking about it, COVID-19, like pandemic, like all that stuff. And I feel like after what happened now, like we're having, we're on Zoom right now, you know, I feel like this is a normal, it's the new normal. So I'm excited to see, I'm excited for this pandemic to be over, first of all, but I'm also excited to see kind of how the industry changes and kind of morphs with the new normal when it comes to society. And so yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm ready for the next Hams conference, Hams conference or whatever, whatever, whatever. If even it's like five people in the backyard, uh, I'll, I'll be the first one there. But there's some some of these trends have yeah really made differences and are going to stick around. Uh, and I expect with the new administration, uh, there's going to be investment to make sure that some of the things that we were deficient in are going to stick around for a long time. Awesome. Awesome. And so one thing I've seen on your guys' site and you kind of touched upon is that you guys help to accelerate the adoption of all this technology. And so kind of how do you do that in an industry where technology is already slow to be adopted? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're helping. We're not just a software company and a platform. Uh, there's the customer success team that we have at Redox that helps uh, on board and really get uh, all these innovative companies, not just technically connected, but ready to sell to hospitals, ready to, to implement and go through the, the period where they're testing and getting hospital or 
uh, clinic staff ready for that new installation or whatever the, whatever software they're making. So when you add that together, the reusability of the platform as well as uh, these cu our customer success team and, and account managers, uh, it really adds to a holistic offering that really helps innovative companies get up and running and uh, scale much more quickly than they could in the traditional six month or eight month sales cycle of hospital sales. Okay, so not just the cool advanced technology, but you have that personal feel with the people as well. And that kind of helps with the whole onboarding process and explaining things and makes things a little less confusing for the people who are actually using this technology. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're making software for a hospital or clinic, you can have the best idea in the world. But if you don't know how to find a subject matter expert and, and the, the person at the hospital that's going to be using it and make sure they know that doctor is willing to go to bat for you, you're not going to make the sales you need. And to build that muscle, uh, it can be really strange for new, you know, for software vendors who are selling in, in non-healthcare industries who come in here. It can be really strange for device vendors who just go to the hospital and sell the device and on to the next one. Um, so there's a lot of education and, and, um, and partnership that we offer that helps uh, in addition to just the technical connectivity and normalization. Mm, okay. And like, I don't know if this is the wrong term to use, but I kind of see you guys as the middleman, kind of like the helper. And so how is the communication different from the technology companies that you're trying to help sell to the healthcare organizations and the relationships in, try in trying to build that relationship with the actual healthcare community, healthcare organizations and the physician groups and all the those people. Yeah, I mean, from the technical connectivity layer, it's we're exposing a, very, a modern API and application programming interface that is really familiar to people who have worked in other industries, to really anyone who's on top of cutting edge technologies. Um, so they, our customers, integrate with that. On the the hospital side, we're doing pretty ancient technology that if you looked at it, you think it's like Greek or, or, you know, or something, it's just, it's, it's dense. And once you, once you learn it, but uh, it's its own little language, but um, that technical connectivity, we can go very fast because we've done of the number of connections we've done that experience, the reusability allows us to go fast there and then help guide the, um, our customers through this, this implementation cycle saying, okay, we need to engage a network engineer. We need to engage an interface engineer. We need to engage an application analyst at the health system. And those steps, even though they're pretty simple, once you know your first couple times doing them, there's no book for that. So uh, that's one of the ways we're helping. Mm, okay. And so you've been with Redox for a couple of years now. And, and like you said, you've seen a bunch of different companies that are part of a bunch of different segments of the market but what sort of milestones or accomplishments from the company kind of stick out with you, stick out to you while you've been there? Yeah, late, uh, late last year, we passed a thousand health systems that we've connected to and something like 18 out of the top 20 uh, hospitals in the country are connected to Redox. So that's been really exciting to see the growth of the network, to see um, the number of health systems and clinics that where there's not just one application customer that's connected, but two or three or four, that's a sign that, that the model is working. So that's uh, been really cool. Okay. So you guys have over a thousand people 
how do you guys like how are you guys have how have you guys been generating that interest and awareness around redox and trying to keep that momentum going well we usually look for like awesome podcasts like this one rodney and that's how <laughs> we get <in> the, <laughs> but uh and, and, and it's uh it's a uh, it's something where there's word of mouth it's something where um we also do outreach and outbounding to set to new companies that look exciting and say hey have you thought about integration have you figured out your strategy there and sometimes that's with redox and sometimes that might be pointing them in a different direction if what they're looking to do doesn't fit the mold or we're not going to provide the value that they need so just acting as honest brokers honest brokers of information and um and and guidance has been really powerful and just in, in, in people coming to us and saying hey we'd like to talk to you at least and, and see what we should what you think we should be doing it's like taking a consultative approach i guess you can say yeah i mean we're always there's so many different phases of uh, company growth for innovative digital health companies and sometimes they're not ready to start thinking about integration they should be you know if you're really early in your uh, trajectory as a company you really need to be focusing on what does your ui look like what is your core competency what, are, what what's your product market fit um before you start saying how am I doing these complex integrations? Uh, because if you're not providing the value that uh, you know, a doctor or an MRI tech or whomever is going to find value out of, you're never going to sell to a hospital or clinic. And then uh, it doesn't matter about the integration. Okay. So you kind of just mentioned something interesting about not being ready. And from your perspective, at what stage should companies be at before they even decide to kind of start that conversation with you? I would say that uh, they're, I mean, they can always, we're always open to have the conversation, start the conversation, point them in the right direction, make sure that they know, is it Redox? Is it a competitor? Is it build it themselves, depending on what they're trying to do. Um, but I would say as they're looking at their, their sales cycle, if they have prospects on the horizon, if they, they say, okay, three months, I, I'm probably gonna have a sale and need to implement, uh, knowing that they need some sort of integration. And that might be as simple as let me synchronize the demographics, you know, Rodney's name and, and date of birth and, and uh, you know, MRN, medical record number, or it could be very complex. It could be, you know, sending back in a PDF or sending back in discrete data. Um, we're able to help with that. If they know that they're going to need that to complete the implementation or the sale, that's the right time to, to probably engage us or another, another vendors like us. Mm. Uh, okay. Interesting. And so we talked a little bit about kind of your guys' accomplishments, some milestones you guys hit, and also people that you help and kind of what stage they should be at. But what sort of problems have you guys faced or obstacles that you guys had to overcome in this journey, at least to get in the thousand plus health systems? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, going back further, there was always the objection to cloud technologies and things like that, which have now been, I think, largely most, most healthcare vendors, most healthcare organizations are comfortable with cloud technologies, uh, provided that you're high trust or HIPAA compliant. Uh, now, I think the big, the most recent obstacle, uh, and I think as for most companies, is just COVID-19 and what that meant for us in the spring was a slowdown, a dramatic slowdown uh, last spring in, in sales. Uh, we really didn't know what the future looked like. We had to, our, 
leadership team did a great job uh, guiding us through that. Uh, and, and unfortunately did have to make some layoffs, um, but I really appreciated the transparency uh, that they offered during those layoffs. They were they went on pod, they went on podcast. They put out the bright press releases and uh, the the way that they helped afterwards to guide the, those employees to find new jobs and roles at partner companies that were hiring, and even now hire back many of those employees. So oh, nice. that's really tough. That's really tough. I've never been through something like that with a company before Redox, or and certainly never been through COVID nineteen before Redox. So <laughs> um, that was difficult, and but really have ended the year on a strong note with um, yeah, re with rebounding strongly in terms of sales, in terms of the, 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 co the companies and types of work we're doing, uh, like helping integrate to those um, lab registries, the state lab re registries and, and help people push up their, uh, the, the COVID labs to vaccination registries and, and help um, them push up the administrations so that the states can know what, how many, you know how well we're doing and um, those companies can know the vaccination status of their patients so getting involved in that way has been a, a has been one way of um, you know doing some good in, in the world so okay awesome like I feel like that kind of answered my question because I was just going to ask like what are some new projects or interesting projects that you guys are working on um, so you kind of mentioned yeah. that but if you want to answer that a little more detail go ahead yeah, I think I think definitely those two, you know, the state helping with the COVID efforts and initiatives has been really powerful. But uh, I'm really excited about our record location service, like I mentioned before, in terms of nationwide search and understanding patient identity has been really cool to work on. And, and I have a, a really great team uh, that I work with daily on that. Uh, the other exciting one, and it's a little more technical, is Redox's Fire API. So FHIR is that new way of connecting. It's an industry standard that a lot of regulation has been put on. Uh, it's mm. a, so that modern shared format, that API, um, is one that's gained in popularity in the last you know, five, six years. Um, so Redox is now, uh, we have a whole team that's working on exposing our capabilities through that format. And there's been a lot of interest and a lot of excitement uh, as we've done so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds cool. A little technical, but it, I can it's see definitely technical. <laughs> <laughs> but if you talk to if you talk to people like like Bluestream or other vendors, uh, they get really fired up about it. No pun intended. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, what other advice would you have for professionals who are other healthcare professionals who are looking to get their technology? out in front of other healthcare organizations? I think something that's been interesting during COVID is just uh, the new ways of connecting. Uh, I've, had, I've had a lot of uh, interesting conversations weekly or every week basically with people through Twitter or through, um, there are some great healthcare communities like uh, the Out of Pocket newsletter by, by Nicole Krishnan uh, is really good in terms of, the, he has some Slack communities that bring together uh, healthcare professionals or Kevin O'Leary's new newsletter um, where he puts out health tech news on a weekly basis. There's an associated Slack community that there's just interesting people, ways of connecting, finding opportunities. I didn't know about a lot of those things before the pandemic. And I think not just in health tech, but in any industry that those sorts of communities, those virtual communities have grown in importance in the past year. So I think that's a really great way 
to get past like the the LinkedIn like outbounding, <laughs> which which isn't my style of of meeting people uh, in the virtual world. But uh, this is I think those have been really cool. Ah, uh, okay, that's interesting. Like being part of a community, I feel like that's super powerful because like right now you see the popularity of like Facebook Facebook groups and stuff like that, but there's not a lot. Like if you were to search like Facebook groups, there's not a lot relating to health tech related stuff. There's a few out there, um, but you've mentioned just a couple that are seem very valuable and I've never heard of. And I talk to a lot of people in health tech. So how can people like go about finding these kind of communities? Yeah, I mean, I think listening to cool podcasts like this one and then we talk about them, but uh, I think oh, okay. going on joining them and uh and just starting to say who they are and where you are in your there's people who just got done their mba there are people who are you know working in healthcare organizations there's people in small startups big insurance companies so everybody's working towards similar goals of you know improving patient care reducing costs um every you know and and to find like-minded people uh by starting in any of those places or even, you know, on, on Twitter or something like that uh, is, a, is a great path, I think. Awesome. And so coming up towards the end of the interview, um, but actually before we get that, it's kind of like a personal question. I mentioned I'm an MRI technologist. So is there any sort of technology in the radiology field or that can be applied to the radiology field that kind of sticks out to you? I'll kind of want to do yeah, some research. I mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so there's a ton of, I think the biggest area of innovation in, in radiology is sort of the AI that's being applied. And um, there's a lot of cool companies um, that are looking at those, you know, the the, the image themselves and, and saying, hey, radiologist, here's here's what you think. Here's here's your predict out what might be in this image. So I think those are really cool to, to see what's happening there. For also in radiology, uh, enterprise in image exchange. So, you know, if I'm at Sutter Health in California, but I grew up in, in Philadelphia and I have a radiology, you know, an image at University of Pennsylvania, you know, historically they have to fax that or send it on a DVD or something. And um, being able to exchange those between healthcare systems, I think is really exciting so that you don't have to deal with fax ever again or, or you know, carry around a, a DVD. Yeah, so making it, I feel like that should have been something that they implemented a long time ago, because <laughs> I feel like it's, it's hard, you know, like if a patient comes from A and now they're going to B, like there's all these extra steps in order for it, for you to get that information, you know, so, huh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, like I said, coming up towards the end of the interview, I like to end each episode with something I call the rapid fire round. So, I'm just going to ask you a list of questions and you give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right, cool. Um, question number one What is your favorite book of all time? Well, I don't know if you could tell from some of what I've been saying, but I'm, I'm kind of a dork. So, I like sci fi. <laughs> uh, so, Dune or Hyperion, I think, would be my fiction books. They're both just mm -hmm. great classic sci-fi and Timothy Chalamet is going to be in the Dune movie. If you don't like those type of books, then it'll be, you can watch it instead. Uh, and then on the nonfiction payment systems in the U S is just a, I wouldn't call it thrilling, but it's just a great read on the networks that really underlie financial technology in America. So I think that one's a good way has really shaped some of my thinking about what could we be doing in health 
mm. based on what we see in, in financial technologies. Mm. Okay. Um, number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? Got to give a shout out to mom and dad here, uh, both hey. healthcare, healthcare workers, uh, a nurse and a urologist. And uh, yeah, they, they made it really easy. I was never going to be at, in healthcare itself. I don't like blood and, and that sort of thing. But uh, <laughs> when, when I knew I had a technology event, it made it really easy to choose healthcare tech. Dang. Okay. Yeah. I felt like that's a lot of pressure. Usually people is either a doctor or a nurse and you got both of them. So it's cool. <laughs> they're very, they're very relaxed. There was, there was a time where I, I thought we would have to be uh, me or one of my siblings would have to be a doctor or nurse, but they've been supportive with working on the technology that doctors and nurses use. So Dang, that's awesome. Shout out to the parents, Mr. and Mrs. Keeler. Um, number three, <laughs> what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Um, I am been lurk- trying to learn French for a long time. There's no excuse not <laughs> to do these sorts of things during the pandemic, I feel like. I'm also, my fiance and I are trying to adopt a dog and it's been so difficult because everyone has the same idea and, you know, is trying to get a dog and that sort of thing at the same time. So those are two small goals, but I, you know, got to keep busy during the, these times of COVID. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. Cause I feel like when you ask people that, and if it's not like a business or professional related goal, it's either in learning a new language or learning a new instrument. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, but last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? I would say Brendan, Head to Wuhan now. You're going to look for a wet market. You got to stop this pandemic that's coming. No, I would. I would say. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, yeah, just just immerse yourself in healthcare and know that that the learning doesn't stop. There's always new specialties. There's always new workflows. There's always new companies and, and people trying things in new ways. That no matter how deep you get, um, the learning just keeps on going. So I, I know that I felt. Uh, when I first got went to Epic, went to Madison, that there was too much to learn. It was just like, what, whoa, like what are insurance companies doing? What are pharmaceutical companies doing? Uh, but that's that's exciting and that, that shouldn't be overwhelming. So I, I think that would have saved me a year or two of a lot of stress. Ah, awesome. Just get through that information overload and just keep learning, keep growing. I like it. <laughs> Um, but anyways, that's a good way to end this episode. Um, Brendan, just want to say thank you again for jumping on and just kind of sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise and what you're doing in the industry and what you guys are doing over at Redox. So um, I know I found a lot of value in it. And I know the listeners will as well. So thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Rodney. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. Um, last but not least, before we go, where can people learn about you and learn about Redox as well? Sure. Uh, RedoxEngine.com is a great is our homepage and is a great place to start and look at uh, everything Redox. Uh, I am a pretty active Twitterer, uh, so I, I would say Health BJK is my Twitter handle, and that's a great place if you like health tech memes uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, I have LinkedIn. I don't necessarily like it, but it's a necessary fact of the way we have to operate. So. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be sure to include all that in the resources and all that good stuff. Um, But that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.